Welcome to the Success in Medicine podcast. I'm Dr. Rajani Kata, author of the Medical School Interview and the multiple mini interview books. And I'm here today to talk about preparing for the multiple mini interview. This is a topic that I know, speaking to a lot of our students, really inspires a great deal of anxiety. And if you're applying to medical school in the United States or Canada, you have no doubt heard of the MMI. And one of the reasons this is so anxiety provoking is because it's challenging, understandably. The typical format is that you rotate through a series of different stations. And at each station, you meet with a different interviewer who evaluates your performance. So in order to help today, I brought on one of our wonderful students. This is Catherine Wu. I'd like to introduce you all. She is a junior at Rice University, and she's majoring in neuroscience with a minor in medical humanities. So Catherine, welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to learn more. And um Catherine, you get to serve as our host for today's episode. So I'll let you get started with the questions. Okay. My first question is, what's the first thing I should do to prepare? Well, I have to say the first thing is to really understand what the MMI involves. And I guess the first thing really is to understand that there are ways to prepare. So if you read the websites of multiple medical schools, some will actually tell you that there is no way to prepare for an MMI. So in other words, they tell you, well, just relax, be yourself and do your best. And this is understandable because in a typical MMI format, it's classically, you know, maybe seven to 10 stations that you rotate through and each station has a different prompt. And although the formats differ from school to school, one typical format is that you have two minutes to read a prompt and prepare. And then you have about five to eight minutes with the interviewer. And during your time with the interviewer, you'll either be responding to a question or completing a task, or you might be role-playing in a scenario. So I think it's understandable that some of the medical schools will tell you there's no way to prepare for this because you have, let's say, 10 different prompts, and there's no way you can memorize responses to that many prompts. But I think that really misses a major point, which is that, yes, you cannot predict which prompt is going to be used in your MMI. Um, of course not, you can't predict that. There are dozens and dozens of different potential prompts, but can you prepare for the MMI? Of course, and that's really what I talk about in, in our new book and certainly in the blog posts. You won't know the prompts in advance, so you won't be able to memorize your response, but you can definitely prepare. Thank you. It makes you feel a lot better that you can actually prepare <laughs> knowing what types of prompts they'll be. Can you tell me a little bit more about the prompts that they might test us on? Yes. So, uh, you know, I know if, if you're, if you have not read a lot about some of the different prompts, I think it would be really easy to be sort of paralyzed um, hearing some of the prompts because some of them are really unusual. Some of these prompts are actually, it's not that they're 
just unusual. Some of the prompts are actually designed to test your poise under pressure. And if you recognize that ahead of time, that can really make a big difference in your, uh, in your response. So as one example, you might be asked to role play a scenario with an angry customer. So you go up to the door and there's a piece of paper on the door and it says that, um, you know, there's a customer waiting in the room and he is really angry because your company has messed up his shipping order. And the prompt tells you, walk into the room and respond to Mr. Jones. And then when you walk in the room, you might be faced with somebody who is very angry at you. So it's just all part of the process. So it's really important to be prepared for these different types of prompts. Um, so you have to be mentally prepared for these challenging and sometimes even confrontational uh, scenarios. But that's just one kind of prompt. So there are three major types of prompts, um, the task, the scenario, and the question. Can you tell me a little bit more about each one of those? Yeah, absolutely. So the task question really is very, uh, very much what it sounds like. So you will be asked to complete a task. Now, sometimes, and this is an interesting twist. So sometimes you might, you know, you might walk into a room and you might just have to complete a single task, but other times often what they'll do is they'll pair you with another applicant. So I'll give you an example. One is the origami task. So you might be asked to walk into a room and you might have a piece of paper and then somebody else, another applicant might be there and they have a set of instructions and you might be placed back to back so that you can't see each other. And then the interviewer is somebody who's actually watching the two of you work on this task together. And the applicant with the question is going to advise you on how to create, let's say a paper crane. The two of you can't see each other, you can't gesture to each other. All you can do is follow the directions. And so the interviewer or the evaluator is going to see how well you work at either giving directions or receiving directions, how well the two of you work together as a team, what kind of interpersonal skills and communication skills you're developing. So that's an example of a task question. Uh, and one thing I, I do want to point out is that each station on the MMI has actually been really specially designed to test and evaluate a particular non-cognitive skill or trait. So medical schools have come up with specific traits that they feel are very important in their medical students. And of course, cognitive qualities are important, but typically that's a little easier for medical schools to evaluate. So cognitive qualities might be tested for by your MCAT score or your GPA. But a lot of these non-cognitive skills and traits are very hard for them to evaluate. I mean, they rely on things like your application materials. And in the past, they relied on asking you about these during a traditional interview. So they would use that sort of information to come up with ideas on the strength of your teamwork abilities and your communication skills. But that's one of the reasons the MMI was developed, the multiple mini interview, it was developed to serve as another way for medical schools to evaluate these non-cognitive skills. So that's why these tasks 
stations are specifically designed to test that communication, problem solving, and teamwork skills. Oh, that makes sense. And what specifically are they looking for when you're talking to them, such as verbal cues, nonverbal cues? Yeah, so those are some examples of what they're looking for. So in my book, I give some recommendations on how to excel during a task station. And it's um, part of it is really how well you can communicate with your partner. And then if you're making the crane, um, how well are you responding back to your partner? Are you, um, are you confirming that you've received the directions? Are you asking for clarification? Um, are both of you displaying empathy? Are either of you becoming frustrated? These are challenging skill, you know, these are challenging situations. So those are some of the, some of the things that you need to be aware of. And does the role play always involve having the role play and tasks always involve having another med student there? Or is there an actor or does the interviewer participate as well? Oh, that's a really good question. So it really depends on the individual medical school, how they have defined, how they have devised, planned out the particular station. So I'll jump to the next type of station, which is the scenario station. So the scenario station is uh, one where you're going to read about a particular scenario. So you walk up to the door and there's a prompt written on the door, and then you have two minutes to read that prompt and sort of mentally prepare. And in this case, you're going to read about a scenario and then you're going to walk into the room. And with the scenario stations, you will either role play with the interviewer directly, or some cases, as you mentioned, you will role play with an actor. And then the interviewer will be observing your interactions. And there are lots of different potential scenarios that you might be asked to work through. So I already mentioned one where you might walk in the door and have to role play with an angry customer. Another common one is that of an upset patient. Uh, You might be asked to play the role of, let's say, a store manager or a head nurse. And at this point, you're going to act through the scenario. And this highlights your response to the situation and also to the other actor. And the interviewer, whether they're directly role-playing with you or whether they're observing your interactions, they're going to be evaluating your interpersonal skills, uh, your sense of empathy. Are you responding in a compassionate and empathetic manner to the, you know, to the other individual? And they're also going to be testing out your problem-solving skills. How well are you going to be able to resolve this particular situation? So that's a little summary of what a scenario station might look like. I remember you mentioned question station too. Can you talk about that one also? Yeah. So that's the third main type of prompt. So we talked about the task station and then we talked about the scenario station. And then the question station is the third major type of prompt. And there are different types of question stations. And um, and I can talk about that a little bit more, but The question stations can be also quite challenging. Some of them might ask you to respond to current events. Some of them might ask you to respond to ethical issues. So they might say something like, give us your thoughts on X, Y, Z. And in the question station, they might also just ask you a traditional interview question. So they might ask you, 
um, why do you wanna be a physician? So sometimes the question stations go back to just traditional questions where you're just talking to the interviewer and giving your responses. And then question stations might also ask you behavioral interview questions where they might ask you a question such as, tell me about a time when you experienced a conflict with a classmate. And, um, and I do wanna emphasize one point before our listeners start thinking about question stations. It's really important to understand that the MMI is not supposed to be a test of your scientific or clinical knowledge. If there is any clinical information that you need, it will be uh, given to you right within the prompt. So you don't need to have that scientific or clinical knowledge. So you don't need to start cramming and memorizing information related to specific questions. But having said that, you should become familiar with ethical issues in medicine and current events. You know, you don't need to be an expert, you, but you do need to become familiar with these types of issues. And, uh, and this station is used to help provide insight into your values and professionalism, as well as your communication skills. That's very interesting. And I noticed one of the questions that you gave an example about was having a classmate with the, was having a conflict with a classmate and I was wondering, isn't that also almost a scenario prompt? Yes, it is actually very, um, very similar. So the question about, tell me about a time when you had a conflict with a classmate is an example of a behavioral interview question. And, um, and there is a little bit of an overlap in the sense that um, it involves certain, um, certain scenarios, but in the case of behavioral interview questions, they really want to focus on your past behavior. So it's not a question like, well, how would you respond in this scenario in the future? Behavioral interview questions go back to your past. So they're found in traditional interviews as well as MMI interviews. And basically proponents believe that past performance may predict future performance. So they're going to ask you about uh, a common way that these phrases, uh, that these questions are phrased is, tell me about a time when. So tell me about a time when you had to deal with a stressful situation. Tell me about a time when you showed initiative. Uh, tell me about a time when you had to motivate others. There are a lot of different examples of behavioral interview questions. And one of the ways that I talk about preparation here is that it's really important to look at examples of behavioral interview questions and really start to reflect because you're going to have two minutes to prepare and it can be hard to come up with good examples in the heat of the moment. So it is important to sort of sit down with pen and paper or with your computer and start thinking about stories from your past that you could use for different types of behavioral interview questions. The preparation for these kind of questions really requires a lot of reflection and, uh, and it also requires some practice in storytelling uh, because in order to really pull out the lessons from these kind of, you know, typically the question is not really tell me about a time when you had a conflict. The question is, tell me about a time when you had a conflict and how you dealt with it and what you learned. So it's important to start thinking about all aspects of those in order to give the best response there. Uh, that makes sense. I, even when you're th throwing those questions at me, I'm even thinking, oh, how would I answer that? So 
I think it'd be really helpful for me to look over these questions in advance and actually have some answers prepared so that I can provide some personal examples that are well thought out. And I was wondering, when I have those two minutes to prepare, do I have a paper and pen there? Can I write down the prompts and just brainstorm because pen and paper helps me think? Oh, yes. That's actually a really important question. I'm the same way. Like, I, I love brainstorming with pen and paper. I feel like it makes my brain work better. And the answer to your question is that it depends. So some schools will allow you to take notes to help you prepare your response and others do not. Um, typically you have two minutes to read the prompt. And then as you walk into the room, you typically have five to eight minutes to discuss the question as well as answer any follow-up questions from the interviewer. And I really should emphasize that This is one reason it's so important to learn as much about the MMI format at this particular school as you can, because I know we had one uh, student who had gone to an MMI where she was allowed to take notes and then didn't realize at the next school that she was not allowed to take notes. And that sort of threw off her responses. So uh, very important question, Catherine. And yes, very important to learn that ahead of time. So the answer is it depends. Thank you for telling me about those three prompts about the task scenario question. I was wondering how then, now that I know these prompts, how can I start to practice for them? Mm. So I talk about, you know, we have a blog post on our website, thesuccessfulmatch.com. And in the blog post we have, uh, or in this particular blog post, I outline 10 expert strategies to help you prepare for your MMI. And this brings us to strategy number two, which is about practice your delivery. And if you've never had to practice speaking in a formal setting, you'll need to start practicing now. And it's really important to practice because you need to get feedback on both the content of your answers as well as the delivery of those answers. And if you've done any type of public speaking, you know that you convey a message in two different ways. So it's via your verbal communication and your nonverbal communication. And verbal communication is the content of your answers. And nonverbal communication encompasses um, things like your eye contact, your voice, your pacing, your tone, your body language, nervous tics, you know, all of those can be nonverbal communication. And one of the things I really talk about is how important it is to get feedback from a trusted um, advisor or trusted colleague or a family member or friend. And I think it's important to practice giving a short talk and then ask, Did I maintain appropriate eye contact? Did I use appropriate pitch and pacing? Did I rely too heavily on fillers such as ah and um? And then once you have that kind of specific feedback, that's when you can work to improve on those areas. Do you also recommend recording yourself and watching it back? I do. So I know that can be uncomfortable. I, for a long time, I hated watching recordings of myself and I just had to get over that. Um, So it can be uncomfortable to watch yourself on a recording because you are naturally going to be drawn to anything negative about what you're, you know, how you're speaking or how you're looking, but it, it is a really helpful tool if, if it doesn't bother you too much. And one of the reasons I say it's a helpful tool is because you're looking for the things I just talked about, but even more important than recording yourself, I think you don't absolutely have to record yourself. I think it's helpful, but you can get a lot of that very helpful information from, you know, getting feedback from an advisor or a friend. But one thing I do really, really 
uh, think is very important is you have to practice with a timer. So one of the really challenging things on the MMI is that it these are timed responses. So in a traditional interview, there's no timer anywhere. The interviewer is rarely going to cut you off. But in the setting of an MMI, you know, there will be a bell and you're going to have to move to the next station. So at each station, you may only have five to eight minutes to respond to a prompt. And you have to respond to that prompt, but also give time for your interviewer to ask a follow-up question. So, you know, one of the prompts that I would ask on this year's MMI, if I was designing an MMI, I would, um, I would ask a prompt like, tell me how you would combat vaccine hesitancy in your community if you were a public health official. Like, I think that would make for a great MMI discussion question. But think about how challenging it would be to respond to that, like a structured, well-thought-out response in under five minutes. That's challenging. And that's why it's so important to learn exactly what five minutes feels like. And the best way to get a good, strong feel for those time limits is to practice responding to multiple prompts and timing yourself. Ah, got it. And say that they're giving a five-minute time limit, should you prepare a little bit under that or over that in case you had to go either way. Yeah. So I'm glad you picked up on that. It is important to, if you're practicing your time bound answers, if you know that the medical school is going to give you five minutes per station, it's important to try to get your response to, you know, maybe three to four minutes. You need to make sure you leave a little bit of time for the interviewer to ask you follow-up questions. So you want to ideally go for under that a little bit under. Ah, got it. Should I be preparing for different prompts in different ways? Yes. So, um, yeah, I think as you're listening to this, <laughs> like, how do I prepare for, you know, an origami, making origami with a colleague versus somebody asking me about vaccine hesitancy? So it is, it is important to, to prepare in different ways. And I actually do have a lot more information about preparing for these different types of prompts. So I'll give you sort of a general overview that it, your preparation for the major categories is going to be different. And in general, it's harder to prepare for role-playing scenarios or task collaboration scenarios, but that doesn't mean it's not possible. So it's harder to prepare for those um, scenario or acting stations, but I definitely have additional strategies to recommend for those. What are those? Well, if you are in a scenario or acting station, I think one of the most common ones that I've seen um, written about, and I'll have to, and I should interject here that schools do not release their MMI scenarios. So you will not know which scenarios you're going to face at a particular school. And in fact, applicants are asked to sign confidentiality, non-disclosure agreements. So applicants are not allowed to release which scenarios are going to be on, um, on the MMIs. But one thing that is available, and you can find this online and on our blog post as well, different medical schools release different summaries of potential scenarios. So they release lots of practice scenarios and questions so that students can get a feel for what kind of questions can be asked. And then, um, and then you could sort of get a feel for 
the types of scenarios or questions you might be asked. And one that uh, I see a lot of medical schools release as examples relate to the angry customer or the distraught patient. And there are actually um, medical journal articles that describe approaches to the angry patient. And I have, um, I have a summary of that in uh, in our book, which talks about how to respond to an angry patient. But as a general rule of thumb, if you're dealing with an angry patient or a distraught patient, if you are role-playing, there's usually going to be some emotion involved. So remember that this type of scenario is used to evaluate your compassion, your interpersonal skills, and your problem solving abilities. So I recommend four key strategies if you're in an acting station. And number one, always, always acknowledge the emotions of the patient. That's one thing that your interviewer is really looking for. Are you going straight into problem solving mode or are you going to stop and display empathy and acknowledge the emotions of the patient? So for example, I'm sorry to hear that you've had to deal with that. That sounds very frustrating. That's just a simple sentence that acknowledges that this is a frustrating situation for the patient. And then the second, um, the second strategy that I recommend is to listen first. So before you go into problem solving, it's really important to ask the patient a lot more questions. You want to gather information. You want to give the patient the opportunity to share their story. So you can listen, you can gather more information, and you can understand their emotions. So this is where you say um, something along the lines of, can you please tell me more about what happened? And then strategy number three just really emphasizes the fact that in all of your interactions with the patient, both verbally and non-verbally, they should reflect your compassion and empathy for the patient. So if I think of myself as a physician, I, I have had a lot of interactions with patients where they are crying. They are really upset about what is happening to them medically, and they are crying. And I think about how important it is to show compassion to that patient. So you're leaning forward, you're really showing active listening, you're nodding your head, you're acknowledging their emotions. This is what an interviewer is looking for when you're in an MMI station. And then finally, strategy number four is to ask follow-up questions and focus on problem solving. So this is where, you know, only after you've done those other three strategies where you've really acknowledge the patient's emotions and you've leaned forward and you've listened and you've asked them more questions, only then do you start to focus on problem solving. And this is where you think about how you can help resolve the situation. And each situation is going to be different, but I think one general rule of thumb that I'll throw out there is that as you're thinking through possible scenarios, it's really helpful to start thinking about how you've responded in challenging situations in the past. So what did you do well? What do you wish you had done differently? And this kind of reflection can be helpful as you work through potential scenarios in your mind. Mm, I know that there's so many different strategies. So actually having those four key strategies for responding, such as making sure that I acknowledge their emotions is very helpful because at the moment, I want to be sure I remember those so that I have some sort of structure when I respond. Right. And it sounds a little silly, like acknowledge the patient's emotions. Um, it sounds a little silly to even say that out loud, but I have to say that an MMI scenario is so 
high pressure and high stress that sometimes it does help to pause for a moment and think of, okay, in every, you know, in every scenario where somebody's really upset, I need to make sure I hit these points. And then, um, and then you can start practicing those scenarios with your colleagues and sort of go back to that, that framing in your mind. Thank you so much for taking the time to explain the three main types of prompts, uh, the tasks, scenarios, and questions, and how to prepare on them. There's so many more questions that I want to ask you, but we'll wait until next time. Well, thank you, Catherine. So for our listeners, we will be doing a part two of this episode, and we will um, continue this talk about strategies to help you prepare for the MMI. So that's it for today's episode. I'm Dr. Rajani Kata here today with Catherine Wu, our pre-medical student, and you're listening to the Success in Medicine podcast. We hope you have a wonderful week.